On today's night's podcast, Headmaster Robbie Hinton will share three things that classical Christian schools have historically done well. You know, we all sit back and we think about our own children and, and um, you know, you remember that day when they were five years old and you dropped them off at school and you're thinking, what's going to happen to them in this place? And I always tell people the first, if you want to know, the first thing you can do is go look at our seniors and uh, you can say that's a good indication. This is what happens to kids when they hang around here for 13 years. And I'd be glad for anybody to come and look at our senior class and Jackson is a great representation of that. Well, I don't know what you were expecting tonight when you came. Uh, I know that you were expecting maybe some uh, glimpses at a few pictures that we have and some ideas of looking at some buildings that we are planning to build. And hopefully you were looking to, for some big ideas. Because here's where I am with this. You need to understand, I'm a planner. I love to develop a plan. I love to get it to where I think it's actionable. And have a plan. We have a plan that goes from where we are to, in my mind, that building is already built. And that we're going to, I can already feel it. Us walking into a beautiful new gym, a beautiful new auditorium, and a beautiful redesigned student center for our students. I can feel it, not because it's just a beautiful drawing that we have created here, and I think it's functional. functional. And I, I suspect it'll change once architects step in and start arguing with builders and engineers and all those things. It'll develop just a little bit and change. Uh, but the beautiful, it, so it's not just the beautiful picture that's there. I can see it because I think we have the capacity to build that building I, have the, I believe we have the capacity to do something extraordinary. And so what I want to talk to you tonight is about that plan and how we get from where we are today to where we think God wants us to be in five years is very simple. We have to decide that we're going to pursue more and then we have to decide to get out of the way. So students will see Christ and not us. Now, let's talk about this for a second. I remember uh, about 17 years ago when I was first, uh, I first started as a classical educator at a little school, Regent School of Oxford. And I'd been there about this long, about seven months, and somebody, you know, sitting around thinking about uh, um, what it was like to be an educator. And, I, and the first thing, the only thing I could imagine was, I think parents, I'm just going to be honest with you, I thought they were crazy. I mean, one day they would walk into my office and they'd be filled with pride. They'd look at me and say, my child, they, they, after being in this school, I, I think they can do anything. It's amazing. And then the next day they'd walk in and they'd be like, I, I don't think they'll ever be able to read. I don't think they'll ever be able to act right. I, I don't see any hope in them. It was this pendulum of pride to fear, to anger. You, you, you ever looked at my child? What are we going to ever do with this thing? To, to joy. What a wonderful, sweet child this is. Why doesn't everybody see how sweet my child is? It is? And it was watching that pendulum swing, and then after a while I'd watch it, and I would think, these people are crazy. And then God gave me this wonderful gift of three kids that started growing up. And then I started realizing how my emotions were swinging. And I'd look at my children one day, and you think, these guys are incredible. They're just like me. And then I would say, then some days, they're just like their mom. And then, you know, this is this pendulum. No, it's just the opposite. But this is this thing, is this... You get this pendulum of, hey, what a wonderful thing these children are, to all of a sudden it's, are they ever going to be able to walk? Will they ever do anything? Will they ever show any intelligence? Where's this all going to end? 
And as I started thinking about it, so obviously at that point I realized parents couldn't be crazy because I knew I wasn't crazy. And started digging back into theology from seminary days and I kind of stumbled upon something that I think I'd forgotten. And it was this idea that I realized deep in my soul I had the DNA of Adam. And see, I, I, I realized I was meant to live in Eden. And since I was meant to live in Eden, I was meant to have, well, perfect kids. And, and my soul knew this, even though maybe my mind said, yeah, they're fallen and we're in a fallen world. But my soul said, no, 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 no. The kids you're supposed to have are made in the image of God. Therefore, they should look like God. And therefore, you know, sometimes you look at it and go, I guess I got the wrong kids. Uh, because I was supposed to have perfect kids. I joke with my kids about this and they say, you know, we were supposed to have a perfect daddy. I think we got the wrong daddy. But, but it is this idea, and, and what I'm saying for this is what I want you to see is those pendulum swings you're feeling for your child of pride to frustration to joy to sadness, all of that is not you going crazy. It's you looking at your child and saying, hey, look, this child was mysteriously and wonderfully made. This child was made to look like God. I have every right to expect more for them from my school. I have every right to expect more from them themselves. You have every right to look at them and say, hey, look, you were mysteriously and wonderfully made. So yes, you're going to be prone to error. And yes, you're going to make mistakes. But listen to me. You are also capable of glory. And let's figure out how to reveal that in everything we do. Now, what do we do with that? Our children were made to show us more. How do we pursue that more? Well, over the years, I've watched parents and tried to learn from them as I'd watch them pursue more and I'd listen to their questions. Some would come in and they're saying, I'm pursuing an elite and a highly select college for my child. And I would think that was a great pursuit, but something doesn't feel quite right about that. Some would say, they'd come in and they'd say, you know, I'm pursuing my for my child. What I really want for my child is I want to see them do really well in sports. I'd say, that's not a bad thing to want. That's a good thing to want. That's a good thing to pursue. Some would say, you know, the high academics, the high athletics. I just want my child to be very well-rounded. That sounds good, too. Let's pursue that. And then some would say, they'd come in and say, I want my child to be pure when they get married. I want to see my child to make good decisions around drugs and alcohol, to avoid those things. I want to see my child make good friends. And I look at it and say, all oh, those are great things, but something didn't feel right. Every time I hear those questions, I go, those are the right things, but it's missing something. And finally, what I realized is, is what they were asking for were good things in particular, but what they were missing is, is I wanted to give them so much more. And I realized that at every classical school I've been at, and I can say that for here with confidence, we have a so much more than any of those particular things that we can give to you. And what I would tell you is, while none of those particular things that I just said were bad, actually they were good, as long as you remember the ultimate thing that we're trying to provide for you. None of those particular things are bad as long as you remember the ultimate thing we are trying to offer to you and to your child. Cary Christian School exists for a simple purpose. We to offer your child to provide for you a, classic, a great, class, excellent classical education founded upon a biblical worldview. We do that for one simple reason. It's because we think it is an effective and efficient way 
to point your child toward Christ and to prepare them to flourish through Him in the modern world. That's the more we offer at this school. We want you to see, we want your child to find Christ, and we want them to learn how to flourish through Christ in this world. Now, how do we, what does that mean? I'd encourage you when you go home tonight to take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You know, Paul, he's going in, and the whole point of Corinthians is, you know, in the first book of Corinthians, he's rebuking the Corinthians in a very nice way. And in the second book, he's like, hey, look, I was nice last time, now I'm mad. You know, so you can see how he escalates from being somewhat, hey, a nice rebuke to strong rebuke. Well, he's still in the nice rebuke in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and he looks at them and he says this to them. He's saying, why have you been led astray by these false prophets? Why have you been taken in all these different directions? Well, he says, it's real simple why you've been led astray. It's because you're acting like you're merely human. Now, my wife and I were reading that the other morning, and I thought about that. What's he mean? They're, they are merely human. And Paul says, no, you're not. Because you, if you had been eating upon solid food, you would have now, by now, have developed the mind of Christ. You've only been led astray because you think you're merely human. Your child was mysteriously and wonderfully made. Yes, they are a sinner, and yes, they are prone to err, but they are also capable of glory. And if they find Christ, they will find all of that capacity to reveal that glory that is inside of them, and they will flourish in this world (laughs) and in any place God places them. So how is it we take children so they can find Christ, and how do we prepare them to flourish? Well, here's what we do at Cary Christian School. And here's three things the school has always done very well. One of the things this school does extraordinarily well is it teaches kids the truth. Other schools, you may be surprised by this, uh, don't teach the truth anymore. Now, I, I imagine when the founders started the school, they said, hey, we're going to teach them biblical truth because no one teaches that. And yes, we did teach biblical truth, and we do a great job of that. Uh, but actually, we teach historical truth. We teach truth about, from literature, and so they learn the facts of, different, of the great stories of literature. We, we, we learn uh, mathematical truth. We learn the truth of all the subjects that are given to kids. You need to understand, few schools are teaching kids the truth about the world, and this school has done an extraordinary job of that. Uh, secondly, what this school has done is they have, they have cultivated inside of students certain tools. They have taught them how to write and to write well. They've taught them how to think They taught them how to communicate. They taught them how to take an idea that is inside their head, form it into a great proposition, and convey it to a friend so the friend understands that and knows what they're saying is true and is reasonable. That's what this school has done very well. Not only has it taught kids truth, truth, not only has it taught children how to think and how to reason and how to write well and and the skills of the lost tools of learning, as we like to say, Uh, it's it's put them in a place of morality. It's put them in a place that's safe. And that's beautiful. 